and welcome to Ben Beyond Spielberg. I'm your resident Spielberg apatheticist, Emily Schmetterly. And I'm the resident Spielberg fanatic, Justin Kizom. Uh, how are you doing today, Justin? A little under the weather. Yeah? A little bit, yeah. No, finding a bit of a weird, cold this, issue. This is going to be a sleepy episode, I feel. Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> we watched Munich for this one. Yes. What were your thoughts about the film prior to watching it for this episode? Um, so part of the fun journey for me on this show is exploring my feelings with Spielberg during this time period. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <clears throat> let's see, uh, as we established with War of the Worlds, um, I liked chunks, but mostly don't like the movie. And I, I, I think I didn't, I think I like the movie less now. Sure. Uh, you definitely hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it makes me angry. Don't even talk about it. Um, and so I'm in this weird place where I don't know how to feel about Spielberg movies. Mm-hmm. You know, now his name doesn't mean something as strong as it did before. Um, and, you know, I remember hearing about this and going, oh, he's going back to drama again. Okay. Uh, historical, intense drama. Maybe. You know? yeah. um, maybe that might work out. Even though I felt like, aren't you? That's like two intense movies in a row. Don't you want to lighten things up a little bit? And then I think back to my feelings. Terminal, like, oh, never mind. Stay dark for a while. Um, despite how much Emily likes Terminal. <laughs> Terminal's great. See, that's, I want the balance right. That's what it's I'm doing. Great film. I'm getting both Emilys. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck you for making me watch more of the world. But thank you for introducing the Terminal into my life. So, that was a great film. So Munich is an interesting place for me where I'm sitting there on like. When it came out, I'm like, okay, we'll see how this goes. Mm-hmm. I had really no expectations of the film. Uh, reviews are coming in. They seem to like be pretty favorable. I mean, actually very good at the time. So I'm like, okay, I'll watch it at home video at some point. This, this is not a theater watcher for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did see it on, on DVD about, you know, the, when it came out, right when it came out. And I'm like, okay, I did like this. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Uh, I did not see it in theaters. I don't remember really noticing it at all in theaters. Um, I <laughs> this is dumb and embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what made me actually watch this movie the first time was Knocked Up, the film Knocked Up. Okay. Oh, I know why though. Yeah, go 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 on. Because there's a whole scene in Knocked Up where, where Seth Rogen talks about how great uh, Munich is. Yeah. Um, and he comes at it from the perspective of it's great because it makes Jews look tough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but for whatever reason, that scene in Knocked Up. Uh, captured my mind to the point where I was like, I should watch Munich. <laughs> um, and I remember liking it at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking, think, oh, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Alright. So, where, 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 how are you feeling now? Um, <laughs> it's just so long, Justin. <laughs> um, I don't hate this movie. I'll, I'll, I will give it that much. Yeah. Um, it's just... Uh, <laughs> Woof. It's just... <laughs> I mean, it's a very intense film. Yeah. Let's say that. Yeah. It's also it's also a sort of difficult one to talk about as two people who are uh, not Jewish or Palestinian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, agreed. And then this is tied into some, some very, uh, let's call them heated issues. Right. Um, but no, it's, it does an interesting job of sort of balancing that kind of hardcore political drama mm-hmm. and really showing like kind of shocking violence like right. know, it's little flashbacks to like Schindler's List or um, mm-hmm. Amistad yeah. where you see really gruesome stuff Yeah, uh, but at the same time kind of always maintain this vibe of like a spy thriller right it's it's actually an interesting angle to one too yeah. because um, it goes back to 
Spielberg's kind of favorite lead, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is normal person. Eric Bana. Always <laughs> Eric Bana famously in every Steven Spielberg Every Spielberg movie. movie from little baby E.T. Eric Bana. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. He played the he played ET. <laughs> That's why ET had an Australian accent. It was really weird at he the time. He had learned his American accent. Or um, his German accent, I guess, in this. <laughs> but um you know the idea of the the almost every man. Yeah. That's uh, his his go-to and variations of the every man and the, the the normal person in extremes pushed to extreme circumstances. Um uh even in something like this. And I think what's kind of neat about this movie is the idea that, like, you know, it sounds like a classic action movie setup. Mm-hmm. We want, we have a list. Yeah. We want you to go after these people. Yeah. You have a group of specialists who are going to help you out. Yeah. And you, your only job is to kill them all. Yeah. That sounds like an action movie. Mm-hmm. And at one point, it was made into one. <laughs> uh, but I'll get to that movie later. Um, but, because this is not the first time this mo- the story of Munich was adapted. Um, yeah. Yeah, but what was the first time? Sort of Gideon. It was a TV movie. I thought you said sort of Gideon. That's a better title. So. <laughs> um, and that one uh, was definitely a a uh, TV movie that, as far as I'm funny enough, also three hours long. What the fuck? Why? I don't know. Why does why do things always have to be three hours with you? Um, Spielberg and not, the people who made Sort of Gideon. Yeah, made in 1986. Um, not from what I heard, not a particularly great movie, but yeah. you know, but. Rock Michael York. Oh, was Michael in the, York. He we played, all know him as Basil Exposition. Yes. <laughs> if you're younger, I guess Logan's Run? That's, I think if you're older, Logan's oh, Run. Oh, older. My bad. Yes, yeah. correct. That's or if you're, you're younger than 30, Logan's Run. Because Both. if you're older, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great Logan's Run. That's nice. For, I touch, for the kids out there. I actually didn't realize that's where you go. No, it's pretty good. Um, so, uh, it does sound like a typical action movie, high concept, but what does make the movie interesting is the fact that the, they're playing with the angle that a lot of these guys never really done things like this before. Yeah. They're not really assassins. Yeah. You know, that's kind of a neat angle. Um, and they do play with that, especially with the Eric Bannis character, Avner, mm-hmm. who, you know, when they do, the, when we get to that first kill, there's a huge amount of hesitancy on both him and uh, uh, the toy maker, Robert, which was yeah. a pretty interesting scene. Yeah. Uh, because that that shows you like this isn't just going to be a couple of cool looking folks yeah. killing each other in slow mo. No, no, it's it's not that movie. That's a good scene too. That where the guys sort of trying to slowly put the gun down. They're like, "What do we do? What do we do? What do we do?" Yeah, and no. They, and and Abner is constantly is going back to do, is your is that your name? And Robert's like, "You did. You already asked him that, man." <laughs> um, and that's where the movie really does exceed in in its plan mm-hmm. of the showing the complications of what these guys had to do yeah uh in the name of their country yeah. etc um what is the, here's a question i want uh, what are your thoughts of eric banna as a as a person as a as an actor <laughs> um I, I can think of three movies i've seen him in okay number one is munich yeah number two is um angley's hulk Yes. Number three is uh, Funny People. Yeah, sure. Uh, and you know what? I don't. <laughs> I never see him as the source of the problems in those movies. Those yeah. are all certainly. They're all movies that I like parts of, but are have some pretty major flaws in other ways. Yeah. Um. So I guess I like him. I yeah. I feel like I always liked Eric Bana, yeah. but I feel like Eric Bana has always been, sh- like, a movie away from being as famous as other actors yeah because i think he's a he's i think he's really solid he looks amazing oh star trek <laughs> i've also seen him in. i forgot he was in star trek yeah he was nero in star yeah. trek um 
And I always feel like there he's just always like one or two roles away from being that incredible leading man. Yeah. And I think that point now it's past. I think that past of making Eric Bana a thing is gone. Yeah. And I think Munich was is is kind of the only one yeah. that, that uses him in that capacity and uses him well. Um yeah, I guess I'm a bit of an Eric Bana supporter, but I always yeah. felt like someone's got to use him. Just <laughs> someone's got to use him, and I felt like Hulk in the long run. Hulk was not maybe the right movie for him. Eric <laughs> um, Bana's Wikipedia picture is just a slightly out of focus shot from WonderCon 2014, which is kind of hilarious <laughs> to me. Just not quite in focus there. It's a little bit blurry. <laughs> uh, but that being said, when I do see Eric Bana in a movie, I go, "Hey, cool, Eric Bana. I like Eric Bana." Yeah, I mean, he is my. Least favorite Hulk, I'd probably say. Yeah, sure. He is my least favorite Bruce Banner, but yeah, uh, Banner, Banner. But um, uh, I don't Do you really. Think that was confusing for him. Do you think on set he kept saying, oh, "I'm Bruce Banner"? <laughs> nope, nope. Cut, 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 cut. Eric, no. Eric. <laughs> I do love. I don't want to go sidetrack too far, but I love hearing one of my favorite Eric Banner stories about making the Hulk. Uh-huh. Is like. Ang Lee was telling him to act kind of intense this once, and Eric Bana's like, "Okay, all right, I act a little intense, to like more intense to, to Jennifer Connelly's Bet- Betty Ross." Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so he does it, and then Ang cuts this cut like, "Okay, Eric, okay, ne- never mind. You look like you want to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> Just chill. <laughs> Just maybe chill." And he's like, like, "Chill for a second. Was that too much? <laughs> it's a little much." <laughs> That's very good. Um, uh, also noted that, that Eric Bana is a super funny guy in real life. Like is he's that a, he's a com- Yes, he's actually a comedian in Australia. Wait, what? Yeah. He does stand-up comedy in Australia? Is that that what was what you? he was famous for. He had a comedy show in well, Australia. Hold on. The podcast is about this now. <laughs> what are you talking about, Justin? Eric Bana on Australia was a huge comedy star. That's insane. Like, like Key and Peele, like, to that degree. That's... Like, he had a sketch show that was beloved in Australia. No, they can't... What are you saying to me And right then now, he got... You know, then he did that one really cool drama where he got to act really well. And it's he, he brought up the fact that like, his Australian fan base is weirded out by the international fan base when he started getting big over here. Because they're like, we think of you as the funny guy. But in America, you're that's, this leading man action guy now. That's so fucking weird. Hey... <laughs> I need to look this up. We need to stop. <laughs> you can find some sketches of his on YouTube, I'm sure, where what? Eric Banda was a... See, yeah, no, Eric Banda did, like, comedy. Yeah. Career beginnings. <laughs> he made his television debut on Steve Vizard's late-night talk show, Tonight Live. His performance... Yeah, we're reading Wikipedia right now. His performance gained the attention of producers from the sketch comedy sketch series Full Frontal, which invited him to show as a writer and performer. He has a comedy album! Yeah. Eric Banda has a... Has a is this a stand-up comedy album? Yeah, look at that. What? It's 1984. Look at that cover album, which... Uh, if you want to see Eric Bana's buttocks... Which I can't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly 60 minutes long. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um. <laughs> yeah, Out of Bounds, Eric Bana's uh, comedy album. Well, I don't want to... <laughs> This is and he has a he has a, a television special titled Eric yeah. in 1996. Mm-hmm. And then the Eric Ban what the fuck the Eric Banna show. <laughs> he received a Logie Award for most popular comedy personality. Yes. <laughs> this is so weird. 
Okay, okay. All let's, right. Let's get away from this. Yeah, no, no, sure. I'm. But there you go, folks. If you didn't know, Eric Bana was a was a huge comedy star. I certainly didn't. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Actually, let's talk a bit about his crew. His crew. His his crew in Munich. In the film. Yeah, we're back to Munich. I'm yeah, back to Munich. Um, interesting crew because you got uh, a Bond. Yeah. We uh, did, yeah. We got a Bond, mm-hmm. and then also in this movie, we've got uh, someone who played a Bond mil- villain in the past. To that Bond. <laughs> oh, wait, to the past, you're right. Yeah. You're right, okay. And so we've, yes. got, we've got someone, we've got, what's his name? I always call him French Matthew Broderick. And his, real, <laughs> his name is Matthew. Matthew, Matthew something. Kuva something. Um, so he was a Bond villain to Daniel Craig. That's right. And then his father in this film was Hugo Drax in Moonraker. That's right. Which is crazy. <laughs> He's very good in this movie, too. He is very good in this movie. Um, um, are we talking about... Uh, which one are we talking about? Wait, I assumed... Are you talking about Matthew? I'm talking about his pop. His pop is very good. Michael Lonsdale. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a couple of Bonds in this movie, which... There's keep, a couple? I mean, I mean, a couple of Bond connections. Okay, I was going to say. I, was like, uh, I only caught that one. No, no, there's a couple of Bond connections in this movie, uh, which I'm sure that was partially intentional. Yeah. Because Spielberg is a Bond guy. He's a Bond fan. He's, but, yeah, but he's the thing, he has Craig, wanted to direct a Bond, but, but, but to be fair... The Broncos ain't gonna let him near it. But, I mean, hilariously enough, Daniel was not Bond at this time. Yeah. So he was... He, at this point, Daniel Craig was... Um, and, and Matthew was not a Bond villain yet. Yeah, so you just had the one... Yeah. Uh, ...previous actor who played Papa, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of the one obvious Bond nod. And it's also a, a huge range of performance for that dude because it, <laughs> if you're familiar with Moonraker, yeah. it wasn't the most toned down James Bond movie. <laughs> Whereas um, here he's 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 quite good. Yeah, and yeah. Hugo Drax, for those who don't really like here specifically, is like he's like the classic cartoon Bond villain. Like he's got yeah. a goatee. <laughs> he, he he speaks like this, Mister Bond. Like he's <laughs> it's really. Um, but actually, his whole cruise really is cool. It's fun. Yeah, like we, I, I like recognize Dan- any of them except for Daniel Craig. I do like Daniel Craig, uh, the toy maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of him uh, from uh, from Amelie. Oh, he was in Amelie. He was the love interest in Amelie. I've not seen the film. And he actually is a solid filmmaker. I let me. I was trying to figure out. He looks a little like Michelle Gondry. I'll tell you uh, that much. Fair. <laughs> just a, just a, something I noticed. Um, are we talking about? Uh, hold on. Uh, I apologize. Justin um, is looking it up right now. Okay, no, he he directed a really solid um, uh, thriller called The Crimson Rivers hmm. with uh, Jean Renault and Vincent Cassell. Interesting. And it's a really cool, like, like kind of seven-ish action thriller that's really well done. Okay. So I would definitely, you know, like, I would say recommend, like, check out The Crimson Rivers if... Uh, if that's your bag, is watching kind of like, you know, like early 2000, it's like 2000, so this is way before he did, uh, he did this movie. And funny enough, like, Amelie came out 2001, so I didn't, I didn't realize, oh, that guy that Amelie had a crush on also directed this really intense serial <laughs> killer thriller. Interesting. <laughs> and now he's an eccentric toy maker, yeah. slash bomb guy. Interesting. <laughs> he had an interesting career. Oh, and he, he has a, a diesel connection. A Vin Diesel connection? He does. What is that? He directed Babylon AD. Oh, shit. <laughs> and not had a good time with it. Did anyone have a good time with Babylon AD? I, uh, I, don't, I don't think Vin did. Because, you know, Vin Diesel, anytime he likes a movie, he makes it his personal mission to make five more. Yeah. And he's actually pretty good at that. Like, he made, um... <laughs> He got three Riddicks made, which is still... I mean, I, listen, God bless him. I will respect any person... Who can convince the studio? I had this D and D character, <laughs> and I want to make him into a movie. Yeah, 
Sure, whatever you want, Vin. Wow, really? And I want to do it two more times. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit, this is working. <laughs> um, so there it is. Uh, Matthew but, Co- yeah. Babylon AD, he directed it. Yeah. Um, but also, you don't, my point is, you don't hear Vin Diesel talking about Babylon AD much. Yeah, I think that was not a good experience for everyone involved. I think he was kind of happy to let that one go. Yeah. <coughs> Michelle Yeoh's in that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anywho. Um, and then I like uh, the actor who played Carl and the actor who played Hans. Okay. Um, those, I like the, they're a solid group of uh, sure. characters. Yeah. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're fine. There's nothing wrong with them. <laughs> and then uh, you yeah, Jeffrey Rush as their uh, contact man. Jeffrey Rush doing a weird, um, almost like, uh, this is like, if you had the ridiculous style, mm-hmm. this is a one. And then uh, Colin <laughs> Firth in <clears throat> Kingsman is an 11, but it's the same character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, Right? Yeah You can no, see it, right? I can see it Was this the height of Putting Jeffrey Rush in everything? No, I think that came a few years later Okay I think, big... I think that was more like 2009, 2010 Okay I could be wrong, though Okay Because definitely, you know uh, Jeffrey Rush, for a while It's I get it Shine's a great movie But it felt like people were like Jeffrey Rush Put him, put him in a bunch of shit <laughs> yeah, 2010 was like he was in the Owl movie. Yeah, he had the King's Speech, of course. He was <clears> in something called Lowdown, Pirates of the Caribbean, right after that, Green Lantern. Oh, yeah, that's that right. Was... He was in Green Lantern, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he's currently playing Einstein on the, on that show, Genius. Yeah. Um, I like Jeffrey Rush. Usually do. I always feel yeah. like he's a he's a good card to yeah. pull up if you can get him. You need a you need an old British guy. You could do worse than Jeffrey Rush. Well, it's this thing where it's like his appearance in Green Lantern as Tomar Ray is one of those cases. Where like that's like overreaching a good actor to play the beak Green Lantern dude. You know? I don't, I'm not familiar with the character. No, that's fine. To the, famously this is from Mark Bolton. Um, <laughs> yeah, for, for Mark. For Mark, hey. Um, oh, I think casting Jeffrey Rush as Tomar Ray is one of the most. I can't believe you got you convinced Jeffrey Rush to play space fish. Beak man. <laughs> I am looking at a picture of Tomare right now, and it's it's an it is an interesting juxtaposition. <laughs> looking at that character and thinking of Jeffrey Rush's voice. Yeah, he's he's quite good in it, but um, uh, as I said, a good card to pull out uh, if you can get Jeffrey Rush in your movie. Jeffrey Rush is usually a good call, um, and he's good here. I did like. Oh him. God. Yeah. Oh, you saw a bit. <laughs> oh, Emily saw a picture of him. Uh, saw a picture of Tomare in the movie. Movie. Why does he look like that, Justin? Well, when you get a director who doesn't really understand how to tell people how to create a, a, a Why CGI does he character, look like that, Justin? Well, you know, sometimes some movies are mistakes. <laughs> Why? Some movies are mistakes. Green Lantern was one of them. Why did they also make a, a custom Green Lantern poster that had Tomar that was just Tomar A? Well, they figured they can get all the audience to uh, like it. <laughs> Why? Oh, my my brain. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna quote that great McElroy meme that's going around right now and say my eyes went to hell. <laughs> um, let's talk about fucking Munich. Let's go back to Munich. Um, uh, what else? Anything else that kind of like sticks out with you, positive or negative, concerning um, film? It's beside <clears throat> the length. It's too long. <laughs> okay, besides that. Uh, it's very long. But... Okay, Emily, anything besides the two and 53 hours of this movie? Uh, I think... I think... <laughs> I think it's too long. God it's like, damn it. No. <laughs> I think... 
I, I, I think it struggles with its length, too. I think as sure. it goes on, it gets... And it gets to the point that it gets complicated. Right. But it gets complicated to the point where it's not compelling to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I think also there's, like, a... Towards the end, it kind of dives into this weird, like, kind of macho element where it's shit we've seen in a million movies before that's just not at all interesting where it's like, oh, is he going to cheat on his wife? Yeah. No, but she's going to seduce one of the other ones and now they have to kill the woman and it's bad because she's like a woman and it's worse. And then there's like that scene at the very end when he's having sex with his wife and getting like flashbacks and it's like... This is just gross and weird it, and not compelling. It's like it's like something a, a film student does to be shocking. I feel it, like there's a yeah there's a problem with that chunk of that especially that ending. Actually, I remember I had a, speaking of film school one of my yeah. old friends from film school. Um, we talked about Munich quite a bit, and one of the things is like I overall really like Munich except for that last scene. Yeah, because I kind of hate that last scene, and it's there's reasons to hate that last scene. And, yeah, and it's I, I'm not saying that to, to set up that I liked it. I'm just saying, <laughs> but it's like I, I I think the problem is that it's like it's 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 trying to portray PTSD, mm-hmm. and it's a weird approach that I don't know if it comes off that clearly. Yeah, so it just comes off as, as Spielberg being way too artsy for my taste. Yeah, like like the sweat and yeah. the awkward sex and then the lights and then he's seeing the murders and I'm like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Um, it does go to that problem that Spielberg does have a lot in his current movie, in this period of his movies, really badly, is that he doesn't really know how to end his movies that well anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I look at the ending, War of the Worlds drove me up for a lot of reasons, but I always feel like that ending is the moment I, I went, fucking, someone reacting <laughs> realistically. <laughs> yeah. Boston's fine! <laughs> the fuck you! <laughs> Here, that, that sex scene is like going, oh, this is weird, dude. Is, yeah. <laughs> Steven, what are we doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this, Steve? Stevie? I prefer, the last scene with Rush and, with Jeffrey Rush and, and Ben is better, but. Oh, that, yeah, end it there. Yeah, end it there. That one before that, what the heck is this? Yeah. <laughs> um, also, like, I would say this current era, Stuart, like, does not have, know how to use women in his movies. Yeah. Because, like, even much as I like the Terminal, like, Catherine Zeta-Jones is definitely the worst part of that. Something we actually didn't drive too much into, and I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like we forgot to skip, we kind of skipped, we forgot to go back into that. Uh-huh. But I will, but just to go back to this, well, I guess, it's always I there. First, yeah. yeah, there's, <laughs> consistently, no, um, the that's only, the handy thing about it. <laughs> that's, which is really a bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, um, uh, Al- Alayat Zuhir plays, uh, yeah. uh, Bannon's wife. And yeah, it's standard. It's she's the, very much the standard wife role. Yeah, some down to air um, uh, Adams or Amy Ryan, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, in Bridges Spees, yeah. right? <laughs> Bridges Spees. Yes. Um, it's like, oh look, she's the supporting wife, but who's worried about her husband in, yeah. involved in this thing? And watching this, I actually did very much the vibe. I was like, oh, he was trying to do this again with Bridges Spees. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Marvel yeah. nerd fans would also recognize her as a uh, as as. as, as Vanessa in, in Daredevil Netflix. Yes. Yes, uh, that's correct. And I guess if you're one of them, she she played Laura Zorel. Laura Laura and or Superman's, Superman's mom in, in Man of Steel. Bummer. <laughs> hey, whatever, right? <laughs> um I complete uh, Mark, I'm sorry, I totally forgot her name. <laughs> uh, um, Laura. 
right? I thought I, I, I was blending it with other things for some reason. I've been watching Supergirl a lot lately. So it's Lara, That's right? That's a very good film. Yeah. Remember my film, I mean television show. Uh, um, it is, actually. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. We'll go to that later. That's a good show, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, uh, I mean, it's it sucks. It's, it's, but no, it's no, you're right. Like I do, I will find the the woman that we find out who's the one who basically hired him for the job was intriguing. The the one who like we you know she was his security guard. What uh, the, the 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 old uh, Jewish woman who hired him in the beginning of the film was that not Golda Meir? What's that her name? The Israeli, is is eh, I can't talk. The Israeli oh. Prime Minister. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, she was good. Yeah, yeah. So her scenes are good. I like her in this. Um, well, she's like, I mean, uh, I mean, a, a woman prime minister of a country in, in the 60s is like amazing, <laughs> huge uh, uh, figure, and but like kind of relegated to the one scene in the movie, which is like, mm. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like, why would Gold, Golden Meir be in the movie so much? But um, right. I don't know, just for an era like that, for women to... And especially women, like, have a much bigger part in the Israeli army than they tend to in other armies. Yeah, no, no. Um, I think I think if I ever... So it's weird that the movie kind of glosses over them. Right, no, fair, right? Because, I know, I think Gal Gadot was also in Israel. Sure, that's correct. So, yeah. like, they, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Although, I guess I don't know if that was at the time. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a more recent thing. Yeah. So I don't know, but... Um, mm-hmm. That's true. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of a bummer. The There's a big glossy over of, of female characters in this movie as well yeah. and yeah no I mean there is therein lies the, a, a good inherent thing to point out and this shit with the seductress spy lady is it's really bad yeah it's not it's like look at this yeah. woman you, women like, are props for the men or only can use sex as an enemy and then and they right. get dead and left with their naked body over all <laughs> of the place right it's a bummer it's a bummer um it does feel, and it does feel like this weird side into the only time the movie ever feels like it goes into an action movie trope. Yeah, like it's like let's and in the worst way. <laughs> yeah, in the worst way, let's yeah. go get revenge on yeah on our fallen friend because of you know, her. Um, um, do you want to talk about the look of this movie? Yeah, yeah. What what about it? It's a little too slick for me. I I, mm-hmm. I think it it it's kind of going into it. It was shot like an action movie. Yeah, which I don't necessarily think was the right move. Yeah, sure, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um. I think a lot of it, it, it's, um... Because there's a couple times in the movie where I feel like Spielberg is nailing a film that feels like the 1970s, mm-hmm. de- on his, depending on the shots. Yeah. And some of the composition. But I think lighting-wise, and yeah. some of the camera work, I'm with you. It does have that um, near-Michael Bay sheen. Yeah. Without going Michael Bay fully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Kaminsky again, because who else is he working yeah. with now? <laughs> Are we ever going to talk about another cinematographer again on this podcast? No. In a still room, because I guess if we if we do like bonus episodes, well then yeah, yeah. yeah. But I but Spielberg directed movies from this point on. Not, no, no, it's right. just Janusz. Yeah, yeah. he's stuck. <laughs> and I think let's let's address that. Like yeah, like uh, List is a gorgeous movie. Yeah, and I think that's some amazing work, of course. But I there's a problem. Yeah. With there's something about him where I realize like. I don't really know if I really like everything you do now. <laughs> <laughs> did he? Um, did he do Tintin as well? I th- it's that's a weird. Because that would be a totally different. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a CGI film, so I don't know how that works. I have to. We, when we get to the episode, yeah, I'll look we'll, into we'll that. talk about that when we get to the Tintin episode. Um, but no, like it's like between this and War of the Worlds. Yeah. Um, there's some overblown lighting or just overthought lighting. Yeah, Maybe that's correct. Yeah. Way I feel it. Overthinking lighting mm-hmm. that I feel like adds style that might be too much for me. Yeah. You know? Um, and this one, yeah, I feel like it's a little... The sheen's a little too strong for a movie that's that's definitely 
grounded in some pretty hard emotions yeah. and real emotions like that. So, I don't know if we're up now. No, it's weird. I'm, I'm wondering when I'm going to say something really positive with Janusz Kaminski again. I'm a little weird, worried about this. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, we can't spoil, spoil thoughts for later films. Sure, so. sure, of course. Um, what did you think about the scene when uh, they find out they're booked in the same spot as uh, other... I can't recall the scene you're talking about. I'm sorry. I, I'm totally blanking out on. Um, sometimes I get I, I get I, I get lost when films go longer than an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> it's one of my weaknesses. Um, so I'm just gonna. Uh, Justin is is looking up something right now. I don't know exactly <laughs> what. Um, right, um, let's see here. <laughs> that's. That's interesting. What's up? Was this thrown in just for the conspiracy theorists? Because I didn't, I didn't put this in. There's one little inner title at the end of the movie, like showing, you know, what are uh, they, what yeah, are they yeah, up yeah. to now? Mm-hmm. It says that nine of the eleven targets were assassinated, with the World Trade Center shown in the background. Now was that um, was that just for the conspiracy theorists? Was that just Spielberg just a little nod to the truthers there? I don't because they, I don't know what the connection would be. I mean, I, I don't. I don't... Other than maybe, like, a super racist connection. <laughs> I don't know what the connection would be. I don't know. That's weird. That's an interesting point. Uh, <laughs> we will... We will move on from that. Yeah, let's I'm, do that. I'm gonna ignore let's that. Let's move on. Let's move on, um, I'm also blanking out how to describe that scene. I'm totally... Sorry, we'll move on from another topic. Anything else? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't talked about the score. I mean, this is... I mean, again, I feel like this is another, like... This is John Williams kind of being like, Yeah, I've done this movie before. Yeah. I'll... I'll, I'll I, it's weird. It's, it's also a movie that feels like it doesn't want to live in its score. Yeah, I feel, and that's okay in this case. I feel like. Yeah. Um, I think this is a movie that's more about mood, and so I'm I'm more than fine with just sort of letting yeah. the the music just uh, not take over the film. Yeah. In this case. Um, uh, what are, what are your thoughts of Craig in the film? Um, Dan Craig in the film. I he's an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Uh, I like him overall. Uh, he's sort of the most the most violent of the bunch, I would say. It's a very that's what you cast Daniel Craig as. Yeah, <laughs> but, but also, and you get definitely get a little bit in the, of this in his James Bond. Like he he's the most violent of the bunch. He also likes to dance with boys sometimes. Yeah, which was that I really liked that scene. Cause, oh no, with him and the and yeah the, and when the he toy made the yeah. dance with them to celebrate. Yeah, <laughs> um, that there's it's a sort of uh, I guess you would say softness that you're not often allowed to show in male characters, particularly ones like this in movies, yeah. that I, I really uh, appreciated and liked. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, so yeah, I, got, I, I like Daniel Craig in this movie. I think he's very good. I think he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. And I think he did good. Yeah, it was kind of that period where Craig was actually still kind of uh, a, a character actor to a certain degree. Yeah. You know, like he's... It's a funny thing where it's like, yeah, Bond got him back, got him to the world of, oh yeah, no, leading man. Yeah. But he was doing a lot of side roles like this yeah. throughout... For, throughout the most of his career. We're talking career. Munich. We're talking Kid in King Arthur's Court. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Road to Perdition. <laughs> uh, I, for, I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting he's in Laura Croft Tomb Raider. I've not seen the film. Uh, Can I tell you the one of the more surreal moments of, of, a, of a mild revisit of that movie? Mm-hmm. I, I caught on cable a while back. Yeah. Um, is that there's a scene where Laura Croft, played by Angelina Jolie, is talking to Daniel Craig. Uh, Laura Croft, Angelina Jolie has a the, has a British accent. Okay. Oh, and Daniel Craig has an American. Oh no! 
So that's not good. That's super weird. <laughs> that's not a good thing to do. <laughs> that was really that was really surreal. And I'm like, uh, I don't know how I feel about this thing now. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, what else is there to say about Munich? I mean, for a movie that's like so complicated, I feel like neither of us has much to say about it. I think, and here's the interesting thing about the film, and I feel like that does say its place after 12 years it came out. Because mm-hmm. it's been noted that it's one of Spielberg's like uh, least successful movies in yeah. the box office. And I think at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, no, it's, 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 I think it's just a decent movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a decent movie, but, it, but it, I mean, it does do some really interesting stuff. Where right. like I'm, it I mean, it got criticized for portraying uh, the Israeli assassins too negatively, mm-hmm. which is like I don't know. I watch this movie and it seems like oh, it's like it's like a fair. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's showing like yeah, both sides are it's mm-hmm. it, it shows it as like a really hard, complicated issue. Right, right. Which I I don't know. I really respect that about the movie that it 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 never tries to paint anyone is just a good guy. Yeah, no, agreed. And it never tries to make out what they do yeah. to be utterly heroic. Yeah. You know. Um, it does dra- I mean, even, we, we make, we've talked about how long the film is. Yeah. And the film does feel long. Yes. But, um, it, it, I mean, part of that does allow you to feel that this is a draining experience for, for Abner and for the rest of the guys. And, yeah, uh, I'm not saying that I'm sure there was another way of doing that yeah. without making it two hours and fifty some minutes or two hours and forty minutes. But um, I mean, at the very least, if that was the goal, was to make it seem like they are not rah rah rah. We got another one, yeah. you know, and this is more like each kill gets harder and harder. Um, then I think it does work out for them pretty well, um, and it does convey that in a very interesting matter. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, at the end of the day, it's like twelve years later. Like Munich is is liked. But I don't think people really put this in his in Spielberg's upper, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a yeah. it's a much, it's a more interesting film than it is a good film. Yeah, um, or a great film. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't call it a great film. It's definitely but, not a great. Film. Um, but it it it, I I appreciate this Spielberg because I I unlike War of the Worlds where I felt like he's just. He was like, I like aliens. I might as well right. shit out a little alien movie. Like <laughs> this, this to me does really feel like Spielberg is making a, a strong effort, and it's yeah, obviously okay. a subject that he's passionate about. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and he has something to say clearly. Yeah. I think that's the best thing I could say about Munich. Like, yeah. This is actually a mess. This is something that he could. He's he's actually got a very clear way of saying his messages yeah. and and his thoughts on the situation, which almost makes it kind of more of a bummer because. It's maybe a sign that Spielberg is just not wearing so well with age at this point. No, I mean, and that's something to discuss, right? Yeah. Like, um, he's, I think an element of that, an element of he's Spielberg, it's kind of hard to tell him no. Yeah. If something's not working. Yeah. Um, which I do, I'm a full believer that if you are somebody of a, of a, of a Spielberg or a, a Lucas. Yeah. Um, or even a Cameron, et cetera, right? Guys, filmmakers of that level... Um, it's harder to tell them what's not working. Yeah. And uh, they get more um, caught up in their, own, in their own thoughts about it without maybe a proper other person giving them real, like, talk, going, mm, yeah. are you sure you want to do that? Yeah. Like, I, I, Michael Bay is a big example of, that, <laughs> of a guy who's so up his own ass who doesn't realize what, he's, what things he still needs to work on to make yeah. a great movie, not just a 
dumb fun one at best. That is kind of why I, I like current Michael Bay movies, though, in the same way that I like the Star Wars prequel, yeah. and that it is just completely unchained, like, well, yeah. <laughs> farcical. Um, um, but, yeah, uh, but there's no one saying, you, sh you know, that doesn't really make sense narratively. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Alright, that's a little racist, too. Huh? Yeah, that is where I'm like, okay, Michael Bay and George Lucas. <laughs> Let me knock that shit off. Um, but yeah, I think the same thing with, with Spielberg. Spielberg is, he's still, a, at the end of the day, I think he's still a strong storyteller. Yeah. Still one of the best storytellers. Whether his movies are great or not, mm -hmm. he's still good at doing it. And every time we watch that, it's like, well, I'm still, I can still see someone doing a job that's good on some sequences here and there. Yeah. But is it as coherent as it was back in his heyday? I mean, right now, this is the closest I felt to being, uh, I felt this is better aimed than more of the oh, yeah. yeah. but still lacking. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. There we go. Uh, so that's Munich. We, you want to talk about other movies? <laughs> we, we, it's... Our usual, our, our show we saw? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about, oh, yeah, why don't you start? Uh, well, an old one or a new one first? Uh, yeah, surprise me. <laughs> uh, Alright, I'll go old first. Mm -hmm. uh, much like I did with uh, Johnny Mnemonic, highlighting a movie that's not necessarily super unknown, but you, you might have written off and thought wasn't worth watching. <laughs> Everyone, go give Hackers a watch. <laughs> Hackers is good as hell. Um, I avoided that movie for a long time just because it's like, people kind of, that movie's like a punchline about like, 90s fashion mostly it's like if you want to make a joke about a pixie haircut mm. you reference Angelina Jolie and Hackers mm. oh. wow that's two Angelina Jolie's references and one up I didn't yeah. realize that <laughs> um, but Hackers is really really fucking good um, yeah I don't, uh, it's it's super cool looking <laughs> there's like the places where these these 90s teens hang out I wish I could hang out with now <laughs> I, hang, I, I wish they still existed Freak is an amazing character um, he's great uh, is that Lillard? Matthew Lillard? No, Freak is, um, I forget the actor's name. He was also in Con Air. He played the sort of oh, yeah, offensive yeah. trans character in Con Air. I, I remember, yeah. Um, <laughs> but Hacker, I mean, it's a, it's a good movie. Um, it's got, Su uh, Fisher Stevens giving one of the most <laughs> insane villain performances you'll ever see. Check out Hackers. Yeah. Directed by Ian Softley. <laughs> also, I, I will warn you though, if, if bad American accents bother you, stay away because Johnny Lee Miller. Johnny Lee Miller does Ooh. not do a great American accent <laughs> in the film. Um, nice. That's I, I, an old favorite. Uh, yeah, growing up. yeah, yeah. I like that one. I never watched it as a kid. I wish I had. Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to see it as a kid. <laughs> um, uh, how about a new one? Yeah, sorry, oh, sorry. you know, you want me to shoot, yeah, yeah, shoot why not? both off? Yeah, what was your not? new one last time? Uh, oh my god. I totally forgot. I don't. I don't remember now. I feel like there's a slight chance it was the one I might be about to say because was it I Kong? Was it Kong? I hope not, because that's what I'm gonna say now. It was Kong. Fuck. That's okay. I haven't seen a lot of new movies. Is the problem? Mm -hmm. uh, the last movie I saw before Kong was Get Out. Well, you know what? Which I can, was my one last month. I, I can actually. Uh, so you saw Kong? Skull I did see. Let's talk Kong a little bit. Okay, because actually my old movie does tie to that. Okay. So wait, first off, real quick, then Skull, Skull Island, you enjoyed it? Did I enjoyed it? it quite a bit. There's okay. there's some tweaks I would make to it. It's not perfect, um, but overall, I really really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I love that it it definitely drew more from Toho Kong, I think, than yes. Universal Kong, which I loved. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, I could have 
I could have, to be honest, and I, I hate to say this because he's, he's a good actor and I enjoy him, I think you could have cut Samuel L. Jackson out of the film. Yeah. I think you could have lost that character completely. It's, it's your classic unnecessary. Yeah. Like, you need a human baddie yeah. to some degree, and I kind of felt like you were two drafts from really figuring out what his deal was. Yeah. Um, and Sam does fine. Yeah. But yeah, it also feels like I, I feel like there's a much longer version of this movie out there. Uh, the movie, the director had mentioned that he would have he would love to do a prequel movie of John C. Riley's character and his friendship. Well, what I, I tell you, what I wanted, hey fucker, <laughs> you know how you could have done that? You could have got that friendship. You could have just not killed off the friend. Yeah, spoilers, I know. spoilers. Yeah. Sorry. Because like I, I really wish that that yeah. that's the one major change I would make. I said Gunpei would have stayed alive. Agreed. Because no one, I was sitting there looking at their how how their relationship evolved. Yeah. And then the director saying, honestly, I want to do a movie between about Gunpei and, and John C. Reilly's character when they were growing, staying staying on that island. Went, I'm not gonna. Lie, I want to see that movie you, bad. It, it would have been so easy to put it in this movie yeah. too. I no, feel for like. sure. I would almost argue. I almost kind of would have rather that movie. Yeah. Than this movie to uh-huh. a certain degree. Because I thought that's a cool story. Yeah, like, it's a kamikaze pilot and an American pilot learning to figure each other's language out and yeah. become friends and brothers. And also, like the stuff when he's talking about him that's in the movie is like, I, I think the most interesting stuff about John C. Reilly's character. Yeah, yeah. And I think like how great would it have been if if the movie was exactly the same except when John C. Reilly shows up, it, Gunpei is still there and they're yeah. just buds and like you get to see that relationship interact in the present day that no. would be amazing you could have got a really great Japanese actor who's yeah. around John C's age yeah. and really made a duo yeah. you know that would, no, I agree that's a good point um, also I and one of the reasons why I say um, I feel like there's a much longer cut out there is mm-hmm. I Mark Evan Jackson is, a, is a, someone who I'm a great fan of for those mm-hmm. who don't know the Thrilling Adventure Hour podcast he was a star on one of the stories there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in the movie, and there's like all these moments where it kind of focuses on his character as if this is a character that we like know yeah. for the whole movie. Right. And, but he's like not in the movie a lot. <laughs> I feel like a lot of his stuff got cut, which I would have loved to see. I would have loved to see um, John Goodman's buddy, the, the younger scientist yeah. with him. I would have liked to see a lot more of him it did feel like the he Japanese was... woman he was kind of paired with. Yeah, it does feel like he, he was sort of like pared down. And cut out a lot, too. AKA, um, he played Dr. Dre. Yeah. yeah, we had Dre and Easy E in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's really good in the few moments where he, we see him. He really shines, right? Um, and also, the, the movie does a really interesting thing that I think could have been the main plot of, of them versus Kong without mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson. Where like, I think the movie really sets up like, oh, I really like these characters. They're all super likable, good characters. Yeah, I one hundred percent understand why Kong is murdering all of them. Right? No, no, no. <laughs> like they came into his house and just started bombing his shit. It's kind of great, right? Yeah. No, I, it, I, I love this version of the care of Kong as well. Yeah. I'm a bit. I'm actually a bit of a, a fondness for the old King Kong movie. That's actually yeah. one of my favorites growing up. And yeah. I, I have, a, you know, I, I look at this like this is a really solid version of, of Kong. Yeah. And even giving him like a Batman backstory, yes. like his parents died. I mean, that's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. It's an idea. Like this is an arm. This is like a family of giant apes yeah. who protected this island. Yeah. And he's the last one. I'm like, that's a super cool story. Yeah. <laughs> Kong Skull Island's really good. Check it out. Um, which Brie Larson's leads- really great in it. I didn't talk mm-hmm. about her because I don't. I don't think. I talked mainly about what I want to change, and I think her, she's pretty great in it. I love so, you. Yeah, I love your awesome. So keep that. Add more Dr. Dre. Add more um, Gunpei, and you got yourself a perfect movie. Yeah. Um, which is funny, because then the movie I was going to say, my old movie, was the original Japanese cut of Godzilla vs. King Kong vs. Godzilla. That's my favorite Godzilla movie. I can see. It's, I can't blame you. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. um, I did watch that before I went to go see Skull Island, and I went, oh, you know what? It's, that was a fun one to revisit, because I saw that as a kid. Yeah. 
But now I saw it with the with the real Godzilla music. Yeah. As it should be heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a fun flick. It, I mean, much like not Godzilla, the King Kong thirty three. Yeah, you're gonna have some questionable choices. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. With the island. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. It's, here's this positive spin to on Skull Island uh-huh. is that you you decided to instead of aim for an African nation, mm-hmm. you aim for more of kind of a, a Southeast Asian yeah. kind of Thailand style, which I'm like that's a brilliant call. Yeah, in Skull Island, and you, one would argue they were maybe sort of trying to do that. Yeah, in, in Toho, maybe a little bit. Not really. Not really. Not really. That could just be the Japanese influence on them trying to do an African tribe. Both sounds correct <laughs> and wrong in every way. Um, it's a fun movie. What's the name? Wait, wait Pacific. What are you saying? It's the company that they work for, Pacific something. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I kept uh, hoping, because I saw so much of Toho's. You're right. There's a yeah. ton of Toho got King Kong yeah. in Skull Island. And I kept hoping, oh my god, I would die if I found it that the Pacific whatever yeah. company that the guys were working on yeah. is the same company. That would be so good. Oh, because especially w- when when they show up on that boat, like the, just the design of it is looks so much like the Toho movies of that era. Absolutely. Um, which I guess is leading to the eventual, yeah, you know, round two, yeah, <laughs> of Godzilla Kong. Um, but no, I mean it's a fun movie, uh, especially seeing Toho playing with an I- American icon. Yeah. Which is kind of a neat idea, yeah. you know. Here's King Kong that in America is mostly known for uh, stop motion, yeah. and here's the first man in suit version of the character, and it's full on Japanese yeah. in every fashion. I like the fact that just King Kong always feels the need to pick up a lady, no matter who it is, yeah. and climb the tallest building. That's his his instinct. <laughs> that's, that's what he's driven to do. That's what I gotta do. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Um, no, that's a fun movie. Yeah. Kong Skull Island. Check yeah, out King Kong Island. Check out um, King the original. Kong versus, Yeah. Absolutely. Um, new movie for me, most recent one, actually was the the Power Ranger movie. Uh, <laughs> and you liked that? Oh, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, have my, I have some massive problems with it. Um, but I think as a, as a reboot, it's yeah. solid. I think the best thing the movie could do is make the teens mm-hmm. with attitude hashtag teens hashtag shitty teens with attitude <laughs> um, um, actual characters because yeah. the thing I always make fun of about the original show is that like you know the tagline in the opening credits is give me teenagers with attitude so what, these are some of the nicest teenagers you ever <laughs> like they do after school like uh, like fundraisers that's true they're very nice kids um they 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 hang out and support young children and their futures and endeavors they do recycling day but what about the green ranger (laughs) after he joins them he joins right along with them and and but he was a bad guy at first so he's yeah but he was mind he was mind controlled by rita (laughs) um so the best thing the new movie is is like basically just like you just infused a bunch of 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 breakfast club into the cast. Oh, I like that. And, and no, flat out, they're in detention when a lot of them met. And I'm like, so he just straight up took Breakfast Club. I'm yeah. more than fine with that. I mean, yeah, I'm totally down with that. Um, it's you know, and then you get to the parish stuff at the end. It's fine. Not not the best. Yeah. Of of the superhero action. Am I remembering correctly that uh, Elizabeth Banks plays your repulsive? Yeah, time? she is. She's great. Yeah. She's like the one. I haven't seen her in the trailers like at all. She's good. She's really good in it. If anything, she's the one. She's like she knows she's playing Rita Repulsa. Yeah. And it's just over the top to be, ah, right. Yeah. Power Rangers. Oh, cool. But then just menacing enough to go like, but no, seriously, stop her. 
Um, it's fun. It's fun enough. I, I, if you're if you're a fan of the show growing up and you never wanted to see the and you never watched the show again, I say never do that. Never watch the show again. <laughs> Remember in your mind how that show made you feel. I just enjoy and then, that. Enjoy, enjoy that, and then see the movie. Maybe it'll match up to that. Yeah. Because I implore you, never watch the show again. <laughs> um. So that's the new Bruce. <laughs> There we go. Good Rex. A little bit of Japanese, little, little bit of Japanese influence in the last talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not bad. All right. Yeah. Um. All right. Plugs, plugs. Yeah. All right. Um. Yep. Still find me on hsgar.com. Um. Still find me on Instagram at uh, Justin Quiz for my daily videos. Uh, May's the one year. What? May's the one year of me doing those videos. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Fuck. So, holy shit. Um, I can't believe uh, you I, did that. I, I'm saying here. Same <laughs> here. Um, if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, check out, because we just talked about it, my Power Ranger episode on Geek KO. That was a lot of fun. Which is funny, because, Emily, do, what, do you have something to bring up that's concerning that's something similar to um, that? I don't... I'm cracking my brain. Hmm. I don't know what it could be. Huh. Oh, I was on the show Geek KO. <laughs> um, yeah, I was on the episode right after yours, right? How about that? Yeah, so check out Geek KO. I was there talking about the Fast and the Furious franchise, mm -hmm. which I love despite hating cars. <laughs> um, I'll listen to that episode, but I, I'm, I'm looking forward to... Don't tell me at all. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to see if they throw a couple of car questions at you. They... Yeah, I'll, I won't say anything. Okay, all right. So now, look for, look for us. Yeah, on GKO. GKO. We both firmly support that podcast. It's a good show. Yeah. Um, uh, go to BenmeNetwork.com. Check out all the great shows on there. Um, shut up, Leonard. We're probably doing another uh, another little sneaky bonus episode soon, even though that show is officially done. But uh, Dan Harmon was on Dr. Ken, so we'll probably be back to talk about that a little <laughs> bit. Um, and uh, Popsicles, uh, yeah, they're all on BenvyNetwork.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at uh, VeryCoolEmily. Uh... And check out GKO. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay, here we go. And uh, join us next week, do you, or next month. Mm -hmm. Justin, uh -huh. do you know what we're talking about next month? I do not. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It's a... Oh, no. Oh, no. He's back, guys. But to what end? Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull will be our next month's episode. Here we go. Saddle the Fuck up, idiots. You guys ready for the boof? <laughs> Spielberg made three movies, like, back to back to back, because Terminal was 2004, and then Munich and that other one with the aliens <laughs> were both 2005, and then he took three years off to make sure he was good and rested. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, starring Harrison Ford and Dan Aykroyd's vodka bottles. <laughs> Catch us next month. <laughs> it's going to get buck wild. <laughs> I really hope to see you all there.
Hello out there in Benview podcast land. My name is Josh and this is Jesse. Hello. And we happen to do a podcast about video games called the Extra Damage Cast. Indeed we do. If you like to talk about video games or more accurately listen to other people talk about video games, you should check out our podcast. It's at extradamage.com or on the Benview Network website, whatever that is. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.